Hi, I'm Tony Kramer, your host of the Agriculture Technology Podcast, and I'm sitting down with agriculture technology and equipment experts to help you enhance your operation for today, tomorrow, and in the future. In this episode, I sit down with Jesse Centillion about John Deere large square balers and the integrated technologies that come with that product line. With that, let's dive into the show. I am very excited to welcome Jesse onto the show. Jesse is joining us from our Northwest region, our Pacific Northwest, I should say. Um, but uh, I reached out to Jesse. I wanted to talk to him a little bit about what they are doing in the Pacific Northwest with large square balers. So before we get started, Jesse, why don't you just take a minute, uh, introduce yourself, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you came from, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so uh, my name is Jesse. Um, I am a product specialist here at the Othello location in the Northwest. Um, so I've always... I, Basically, I was uh, born in here in uh, Washington State, and I've been surrounded with um, ag my whole life. And pretty much, I just really wanted to stay within the industry. Um, so I went to school and got my electrical degree, and um, ended up doing a couple things here and there. And uh, I ended up here at the RDO store as a um, diesel mechanic. And eventually, I worked my way into the precision role, and I've been here since. Um, I've been with the company for around two and a half years now. Um, and yeah, I've just been working in the hay industry and anything really with technology um, here in uh, Washington. So um, we pretty much do everything here, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a unique uh, ag industry out there in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, uh, the RDO agronomist out in your area, Erin Hightower, she's been on the show a couple times. She always uh, teases me that here in the Midwest, we've got our corn and our soybeans, but you guys out in uh, the Pacific Northwest, you have over 250 different types of uh, different species of crops. So uh, you guys have a, a unique, uh, unique agriculture uh, kind of picture out there. So um, again, glad to have you on the show, Jesse. Uh, I really like the fact, and I did not know this prior to doing this, I did not know that you came from the the uh, diesel tech background, but we, we talk about technology and the advancements in agriculture and those positions as, as diesel technicians when you were when you were a diesel tech and the diesel techs that are still today working in our shops within the RDO organization, they're dealing with just as much technology as you are as a product specialist. Yeah, they are. Recently, uh, we've been actually, I mean, technology, there's a lot to do with technology. A lot of people think that it might just be, you know, guidance and rate controllers and stuff, but there's actually a lot more than people think. Um, so it's actually really hard to get a grasp on what where the future is going and, and where deer wants to go and, and, you know, what we need to do to get there. But we've been trying our best to get the, the shop techs and um, everybody in the shop basically to get caught up and, and basically have a better understanding of, of where we're trying to go. Oh yeah. I, I hear you there. And it's not the technology landscape and agriculture is not slowing down anytime soon. It, it is continuing to grow and every, every year, every month, it just, it seems like it's at a faster and faster pace as we continue to go. So keeping the, the diesel technicians and keeping everybody within the ag industry kind of 
up to speed, whether it be us within the RDO organization or or your your local dealerships to to wherever you listeners are in the world, uh, the 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 landscape of agriculture technology is constantly changing, and I think that's one of the things that makes this industry so much fun. Now, let's dive into the show here, Jesse, um, talking balers, specifically John Deere large square balers. Uh, in recent years, well, I should say in in recent years, John Deere um, kind of dove into this market, and we'll talk a little bit about the, the introduction into the market and then what uh, models we have to choose from within the John Deere lineup. But it's uh, the... In recent years, very recent years, there's been a lot of integrated technologies that have been added, and, and we're really we're going to dive into that too. So to get started, Jesse, let's just talk a little bit about the the models uh, when John Deere came to market with the the uh, large square baler. If you hear us refer or say the term LSB, uh, large square baler is what we're referring to. So. Let's just start out, you know, Jesse, when when did John Deere dive into this market? What models did they offer and and kind of how did it grow from there? So, yeah, uh, Deere basically uh, got into the market in 2015 or so with the L330 and the L340. Um, they just wanted to bring a competitive uh, baler into the industry, um, something more efficient and um with more capacity um so they went ahead and uh yeah made a l330 and an l340 um and then in 2018 um they came out with the l331 and the l341 um which was an updated um and better performance baler um in 2018 and we've been running with those um and everything's been great um and uh, some specific stuff I can give about the uh, L331 is, so it makes a three by three foot bell. Um, and the width of that bell is usually, it's 32 inches um, in the width and the height is 35 inches. And then it has an adjustable length of 24 inches to 118 inches. Um, and it has four knotters um, instead of six knotters like the L341. And then it has a pickup head of 86 inches. So um, it's pretty competitive. Um, most competitors have an 86 inch um, with a pickup head. And then uh, to talk about the L341R, um, the difference there is there's not a ton of differences, but they are better performing differences. Um, it has It makes a three uh, three by four foot bell. And then it, instead of having that 32 inch, um, with it, it has a 46 inch point five or 46.5 inch width and a height of 35 inches. And then the adjustable length is the same. It's 24 inches up to 118 inches. Um, and then it comes with an option of either having the 86, the, yeah, the 86 inch pickup head, or you can get, or you can get a 97 inch, um, pickup head. Um, compared to the 86-inch option that only the L331 comes with. Um, and then it has six knotters, and then it comes with baler assist. Um, so those are the only differences there. And when you mentioned the L330, 340, and then the L331, 341, you kind of mentioned it, but those numbers designate bale size and then a series of baler, correct? 
So the the three thirty one is a three foot by three foot in a one series baler. The three forty one is a three foot by four foot in a one series baler. So if you did not know that, now you do. So I know they again we've been going on like you said since two thousand eighteen with the one series balers or the three thirty one and three forty one. But now in two thousand twenty three. John Deere recently released a a new um not a not a new model but but some different specifications that go along with a a new type of baler. Let's talk a little bit about that new baler that came in 2023. Yeah, so they released uh it's L341HD, which the HD stands for high density. Um so Really, they they added just a couple features. It basically has the exact same uh, dimensions uh, dimensions as the L341R, but they added um, an extra cylinder um, and some reinforced side hoops um, for support um, with all the pressure. Um, and then they made the chamber 18 inches longer. Um, so the bells, you know, they weigh about weigh around 30 percent more. I want to say, um, and it has the it has the uh, bail documentation uh, technology, which updates in real time, um, and that's pretty much it. Um, it is definitely uh, a niche market for the L three forty one HD, but it is a great product. Yeah, you couple things you mentioned there. Obviously, the high density capabilities. You know, there's depending on what you're bailing here um, in the immediate Red River Valley, where where I'm at, Minnesota, North Dakota. Um, a lot of LSBs or large square balers, they're just utilizing them to bale straw, wheat straw or small grain straw. Um, you go elsewhere uh, where there's there's dairies, there's alfalfa, there's other types of bale bale crop baled crops. You you get different. The the growers want different densities of bales. They want different sizes of bales, and that's that's really where it comes in. And the, you mentioned bale dock, which we're going to dive into that here when we get into the integrated technologies. But that's another component to uh, getting this newer baler, this high density L three forty one HD. So um, very cool. Uh, again, back in 2015, Deer just kind of dove into this market, and we've been running with the one series balers, the 331s, 341s, since 2018. So great balers. I've been around them here and there. Again, majority of what we're doing here in, in the Red River Valley of Minnesota, North Dakota, is baling wheat straw, um, utilizing that for uh, bedding and other other types of compressed or shredded materials. So kind of uh, unique for the all the different uses of a large square baler. Now, with what you guys are doing in the Pacific Northwest, Jesse, you guys are obviously utilizing those more for forage crops or baled crops, where a lot of this technology is going to be more important. It's going to mean more to the the forage crops than if you were just baling a um, uh, small grains uh, residue or or wheat straw. So let's dive in. Uh, in recent years, they've started integrating more and more technology for for many different reasons. And I want to talk a little bit or or um, kind of dive into what these technologies are and what it means to growers. Yeah, so um, I'll go ahead and read off a, a list of a couple of things here that um, 
I put together. Um, so they added some moisture sen- uh, moisture sensor scales and then obviously baler assist. Um, and then, so we'll go ahead and talk here about the moisture sensor. Um, so it's pretty simple technology, but it has a lot of effect. Um, so that moisture sensor, um, it measures moisture throughout the baling process. Um, and it, you know, it allows you to make, it measures moisture between flake to flake. And then also it gives you your previous and current bale moisture as well. So just having that flake to flake moisture, um, allows you to make, you know, specific decisions on continuing or, you know, if you need to move on, uh, to a different area in the field, whatever it may be. I mean, it's giving you data that you can use to allow you to make a better decision, um, other than not having it. Um, and it's actually really simple to calibrate. Um, you just go into the display to the calibration page. It's going to have a moisture sensor, um, icon, you go ahead and tap in there and then usually it, it takes around five to 10 minutes to, for the moisture sensor to heat up. It has to be at a certain working temperature before you can calibrate it. Once it heats up, you go ahead and put calibrate it, calibrate, and then let it run its process and it's done. Um, super simple. Um, and then it, you have to make sure that you don't have a bell in the chamber while you do the calibration because you will be reading the moisture of the, um, of the bale instead of the ambient temperature. Um, so really simple, but it's really effective. Um, and then they went ahead and, um, added scales. Um, so same thing with the scales, it reads the weight of the flake. Um, so each flake will have a weight and then it also gives you your previous bell weight and then your current, uh, progression of the bell, um, weight. Um, and then, uh, it calibration super easy as well. Um, it, uh, makes you do three bells. Um, once your three bells are done, you would either take those bells on your stinger, harrow bed, um, any tractor that you used to operate to move the bells around, um, take them to a scale house, um, go ahead and get your true weight and then input that true weight into the display and your calibration is done. Um, and then the most important one is the baler assist, which people, have really loved this feature. Um, a lot of people that work in the hay industry know that it's really hard to unplug a machine when you plug something up. And then obviously sometimes you break shear bolts and, um, whatever it may be, um, always damaged parts when you get plugged. Um, well the Baylor assist is, it has a hydraulic hut, uh, clutch. So when it senses pressure, it, um, the flywheel unattaches itself from the clutch and it, um, produces, or it basically allows the machine not to plug itself up even more than it already is. And the Baylor assist is a hydraulic feature, um, that allows you to have control of the drivetrain, whether it's forward or reverse. And it has two speeds in each direction. Um, and it has a maximum speed of, I think four plunger strokes per minute. Um, and essentially what it does is it allows you to have the option to hydraulically control the drive chain to reverse the way that the pickup head is rotating to unplug itself um, on its on its own without really having to use any hand labor. So less downtime um, and reduced time for, for, yeah, like maintenance. And then um, you just don't get plugged up anymore. So it's an awesome feature. 
Yeah, there there are a few things that you said that I want to dive into. So going back to the moisture sensor and the scales. So this, and again, we don't have a lot of hay and forage uh, where in the immediate area where I'm at, but there's there's a correlation here between what they're doing or what they are now able to do with with these large square balers and your typical combine of measuring your yield and measuring your moisture. The hay and forage industry, it sounds like they're able to make educated decisions based off of this data, no different than a combine operator would make educated decisions off of his yield and moisture data. Is is that correct there? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, a lot of times um, at, out here in the Northwest, depending on the moisture um, and compression with all that stuff, it can create a lot of a lot of heat in certain bells and you can, I mean, you can catch your, uh, haystack on fire. Um, you can get less value. Um, if you're, you know, if you have high moisture or, or not enough moisture. So they're literally able to make decisions, um, at, you know, live, live time, basically. Um, they're getting those, um, data points specifically, you know, at, at a second. So, um, yeah, they're getting a lot of, um, benefits from it. Yeah. that definitely sounds like beneficial technology for the customer. And the other one you talked about is the Baylor Assist. And that one there just just speaks volumes to, and if you're not familiar with how these Baylors operate, prior to Baylor Assist, the only way to turn that Baylor, that plunger over, if I understand this correctly, was either engaging the PTO or turning the flywheel by hand. That's the only way to do it, right? Correct. Yeah. And and that usually is a task in itself and it takes up a lot of time. And then not even to mention the hardest part is you still have to pull all that stuff out of the out of the out of the housing in there. So yeah, it's 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 tough work when you don't have Baylor assist. And the other piece to that too, Jesse, is obviously the safety. The safety that running that PTO or or trying to turn that over by hand um, at, by adding Baylor Assist, by adding the ability to hydraulically control that that flywheel and the plunger and everything that's going on is is not only beneficial for for the customer and just uh, from a labor aspect but also the the safety being able to do unplug a baler or or run it backwards in a much safer manner so uh yeah a lot of a lot of great benefits there in the the baler assist as well now one of the other things that that isn't quite as big as some of the other uh, technologies that have been added but in the past balers have always had their own separate bale track monitor, I believe is what they were called. That's not the case anymore, is it? No. So that used to be known as bale uh, mobile. Um, and now, um, as of this summer, uh, this past summer, they changed it to bale documentation because all the data and everything is actually running through operations center now. So we now have the ability to document the data, just like, again, going back to your your commodity crops of corn and soybeans, the hay and forage customers now have the ability to document what they're doing with balers. Let's talk about, about bale doc or bale documentation. Tell us a little bit about you know what it is, 
why would somebody want that technology and how they're going to utilize that technology to benefit their operation? Yeah, so um, Bell Doc got introduced to me um, two summers ago. So um, when it first came out, um, it was really, it didn't have many moving pieces, but the product was awesome. Um, so you will actually need to have a receiver and then a Gen 4 display and a modem. Um, and most new tractors come with those already. Um, if you don't, you can still have the opportunity to go ahead and get those things and it would function just the same as a new tractor. And when you, when you say receiver and modem, everything you're referring to on the tractor, not the baler, correct? Correct. On the tractor for documentation purposes. Correct. Yep. So, um, essentially you just need to have GPS speed, um, to document. Um, and and like I said, a a gen four display, you can use a 2630 as well. Um, and pretty much, um, what it allows you to do is, um, you're able to document your maps, whether that's dry or wet yield. Um, you have a moisture map, you have, uh, um, a map of getting, well, I guess I'm, I'll have to skip over that, but um, it gives you a couple maps um, to uh, be able to make more decision-making um, options for the following year. Um, it helps you with input costs, and um, you know if if you need to irrigate more or irrigate less. Um, so basically, all the all these data points that you're uh, getting allows you to make better decisions for the following year on um, you know what you need to do to get a better yield. Yeah, you're exactly right. It it gives it gives you information. It gives you data points. Again, going back to the the moisture sensors, adding the scales, everything like that. Uh, a hay and forage crop is no different than than corn and soybeans or wheat or whatever you may be. The the data being collected is obviously being used in some sort of a a manner to make educated decisions. Yeah, yeah. It just. It basically just allows you to evaluate, you know, your season to season data and, um, and yeah, it makes you, uh, make decisions on your yield and stuff like that. So it's definitely, uh, a great advantage. Um, and it's definitely a technology that hay farmers are going to want to use just because, you know, it's hard to get ground nowadays. So you want to be able to do the most with what you have and technology allows that. Absolutely. And the other thing you mentioned is that this is not a, it's not a separate program. It's not a separate software. This goes, this data, this information is flowing into the John Deere Operations Center. Did I hear that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. You have uh, the decision of, you know, having it on board, which is your Gen 4 on your command center or, you know, off board where it gets uploaded to uh, Operations Center, which you'll have forever. So, um, whether you, you know, you have op center or not, you're still going to have the data, um, on your display, but I definitely recommend that if you do not have an operation center account that you go ahead and, uh, make one because it's definitely going to allow you to make, um, great decisions for the coming years. Yeah. And that's one of the, the awesome parts about the John Deere operation center. It is, uh, it's free. It, there is no cost to having an operation center account. Um, being able to store your agronomic data and make educated decisions. So to hear that the bail documentation or, or the bail data is coming in to the operation center for for 
hay and forage customers to make the same educated decisions that uh, a corn and soybean and wheat customer can make. It's really awesome to hear that 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 John Deere is is continuing to uh, to push and promote the collection of data and utilizing that data the best way you can. And and you said it, Jesse, that it, it we're trying to do that. I mean, inputs continue to go up and labor continues to be a, a hard thing to come by um, or, or find. And so what our customers need to do, what the farmers need to do, what, what listeners, if you're on a farm or, or you own a farm, work on a farm, whatever it may be, you got to do the best you possibly can with what you have today because it's <laughs> the technology is going to make it easier as we continue to go forward but it's not the process isn't going to get any easier when we talk about you know what what's coming in the bottom dollar um what what we're paying or what our inputs are costing things like that so and then i like to mention too um like we mentioned earlier, technology is just going to keep moving forward. So um, I recommend that, you know, we start doing, you know, we start um, adopting it a lot more just because a lot of people think that technology is super scary or they're scared to, you know, do the wrong thing or um, or anything along those lines. But in, in reality, technology is actually really simple once you understand it. And um, just having everything on one page or on one screen is actually really simple and allows you to uh, maneuver through the app, you know, fairly easy. Um, and it's very organized. So it, it helps a lot. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about the the fear of of the unknown when it comes to technology. It's uh it's something that that is designed and and should uh make your life easier, uh make your operation more efficient, more fluid. Um it's there to help you. Uh obviously there's depending on the the technological comfort level uh, with, with who you are and what you do is uh, it's a little bit different for everybody but the technology there is to the technology is there to help you not hurt you so um, totally agree when you you talk about the adoption. Now, with everything you've been doing, whether it be back when you were in the the uh, service shop, Jesse, or what you've been doing in in your recent or your current role as product specialist, uh, is there any sort of a success story you'd like to share with our listeners in regards to uh, one of these large square balers or the integrated technology that's involved with them? Yeah, we've had um, a lot of success stories, whether it's a demo or a customer-owned machine, um, but essentially the, I mean, just the Baylor assist, um, option is something that people have never seen. Um, so just from getting or allowing the people to understand how that works and just, it's, it's kind of mind blowing to them. And, and, and the downtime that they save is, you know, a lot and not to mention that this Baylor is super efficient and has a lot more capacity. So it's able to, you know, go in high speeds and, and get a lot of production done. Um, so we've had, yeah, we've had a ton of customers that have, that have loved the, the L341, um, and the HD. Um, but yeah, deer has really released a great product and it's just getting the market, uh, or getting the, the, 
the farmers um, to, you know, get a, a chance to see the machine. And really, I mean, that's that's what it is. It's just getting um, getting it out there so people can see what a great product it is. So if somebody wants to learn more, maybe they're curious, maybe they're interested in uh, in seeing a large square baler or something like that. Uh, where can our listeners go? Who can they talk to to learn more about these products and the technologies involved? Um, so you can get more information on Deer's website under Hay and Forage, or you can live, or you can give your local um, RDO Precision Team a phone call. Um, here in the Northwest, our hotline is one five zero nine four two four five zero two six. So if you're here in the Northwest or wherever you may be, if you want to get more information on um, these balers, then give us a call and we'll give you a hand. Awesome. I just want to thank you, Jesse, for taking the time out of your day to sit down and chat with me about John Deere large square balers and and the integrated technologies that come along with that product line. It's always uh, interesting to hear how different products are used in different parts of the United States and, and the world for that matter. But uh, you guys definitely have a stronghold with these uh, LSBs out there in the Pacific Northwest. And I'm I'm glad I got to sit down and chat with you about this. Yeah, I appreciate it, Tony. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the show on the many different podcasting apps that we're streaming this out to, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as many others. While you're out there, drop us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Instagram, and X, formerly known as Twitter, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on X at RDO Tony K.